Hi, welcome to You, Me, and CV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. All right. How you doing today, Gia? I'm doing okay. Doing, We've got a sick baby. That we I'm have a sick baby. He's so small and so hot. Very hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeling better now, though, guys. Yeah. We're good parents. Okay. <laughs> He's doing okay. I'm watching him on a camera. He's hanging out. He's got blocks. He's a narwhal. Got a wubbinub. He's got a wubbinub. That you probably know if you're a parent, and probably have no idea if you're not. You could you can make some guesses of what it is. <laughs> it's probably not what you're thinking. It's just a pacifier that's attached yeah. to a little stuffed Calm animal. Down. Yeah. Anyways, this is our first real episode. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. We're recording this live from our walk-in closet. Mm-hmm. Our cat is not happy about it. She's not. This is usually her. Hideout. She's trying to come in. She's trying to leave. She doesn't know what's going on. What are we doing in here? Yeah. Mm. And it's, uh, what is today? January 3rd? Mm-hmm. Now this is 2018. dropping. 2019. 2019. Oh my God. What are you still writing 2019 on your checks? Or t- 2018? <laughs> I'm not still writing people checks. It's 2019. <laughs> I'm still writing 1995 <laughs> on my checks. Because that's the last time that people were using checks. Probably. <laughs> So this is our first official episode, mm-hmm. and I think it makes sense to start with Parks and Recreation. That's a show that we both love. Mm-hmm. It's a good we show. We watch it all the time. We watch it all the time. We've seen all the episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember when you first watched it? Yeah, I first watched it several years after you started watching it. I think you started watching it when it premiered. But I started watching it in, I think, 2012. I remember we were living in Cincinnati when we were about to move back home oh, right. to Columbus, and we were supposed to be packing, but instead we just binge-watched like the first maybe three seasons of Parks and Recreation. Yes. I <laughs> I remember watching it, because you didn't watch it, and I was upset, because, well, not upset, but like I was like, why, why haven't you watched this? That was before we, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, I started watching it in 2009, before we were even living together or anything like that. Yeah. Do, we're we're married, by the way. <laughs> in <laughs> yep. case you don't know, we're a married couple, mm-hmm. um, and we got married in 2011. And um, yeah, I remember watching it. It was Thursday, NBC Thursdays. Mm-hmm. That was like where all the comedy shows were. I think when it originally aired, it was oh, I looked this up earlier. It was Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. and The Office was part of that the, Thursday I night think lineup. Thirty Rock, Thirty Rock, on. and Community. I think if community wasn't there yet, it like came in the fall because I think I looked that up and maybe it did come in the fall. But that was pretty much the the lineup because Parks and Recreation was a spring premiere with a short season. Yep. Which is what they do a lot of times. And um, when was that that it first aired? Um, That was April 2009. Yeah. And I remember at the time I I really liked it a lot. I was, uh, you know, that was back when you like DVR stuff on your parents' DVR, and you had to like delete all their recordings of like the Today Show. My mom would always record the Today Show. No, your mom still records the Today Show. She does, so that she can watch things that you could find on on YouTube, YouTube in like just, two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> so I'd have to like make sure like I'd set her her DVR to to delete every episode after yeah. it's recorded she it. Get mad she at get you. mad. Where, where's the Kelly Clarkson performance that I recorded the other day? And I was like, Mom, it's on YouTube. It's right here. It's just, so, anyways, um, but I would record Parks and Recreation and I'd watch it, um, and I I really enjoyed it when it first aired, and I still enjoy it. It was a great show. So, mm-hmm. but let's go back to that pilot episode. Let's kind of start and uh, let let's break it down, and and we'll talk about it as we go. So, Parks and Recreation, 
Episode 1, Season 1, Pilot. Mm-hmm. So, Parks and Recreation centers around Amy Poehler's character, Leslie Nope. Leslie is the deputy director of the Parks and Rec Department in the fictional town of Pawnee, Indiana. And in the opening scene, we see Leslie in action at a park. She's conducting a survey of park goers, specifically little kids, to see if they're, um, A, enjoying themselves and having fun, B, having a moderate amount of fun and somewhat enjoying themselves, or C, having no fun and no enjoyment. Um, and I don't think we even get to see the answer from the, the little girl she's talking to because she gets pulled away to deal with a crisis. What was that crisis? That crisis is a drunk stuck in a slide. A drunk stuck mm-hmm. in a slide. We get the sense that this happens a lot. <laughs> and Leslie is frequently called upon to deal with things like this. Ultimately, Leslie has to push the drunk down the slide with a broom. And as she's doing that, there's a voiceover of Leslie telling us, it's a great time to be a woman in politics. Excellent. Is that the part where she talks about Nancy Pelosi and Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton? Clinton. Yeah. I like how she groups all of those in there because that's, it was Mm -hmm. a different time back in 2009. Yeah. Where you could just be happy that there were women in politics and not. I mean, obviously a lot of people had strong feelings back then, but the general like public wasn't so angry all the time. Right. And it's interesting because Parks and Recreation is obviously kind of a micro, it's supposed to be a microcosm of politics um, and the government just happening in this small town. Um, But we really don't talk too much about partisanship ever in the show. Unless they're talking about the city government not being able to take partisan positions on things, Mm -hmm. such as the gay penguin marriage in the (laughs) season two premiere. Yeah. Excellent. That's a great episode. Oh, it's a fantastic episode. (laughs) Yeah, there's one character we'll talk more about in a minute who is a libertarian. But other than that, we don't really hear about what party anybody belongs to on the show. Right. Like, ever. Not just in the pilot, but ever. Yeah, yeah, it never comes up, yeah. Yeah. Um, So in a a talking head, we kind of get a sense of how Leslie feels about her job and the government more broadly. Leslie's telling us it feels good to be needed. That's how she feels about her job when she's pushing drunks down slides. And that's kind of what she feels like the government should be doing. The role that it's playing in people's lives is is improving them. What do we think about that opening scene? I love that opening scene. It tells us so much about Leslie and so much about her job and the town. Uh, I think it's perfect. I like it, too. Um, And One thing I, I didn't like, though, I remember at the time, it's set now they don't say it's a fictional city, but you can like look it up and realize it's a fictional city. Mm-hmm. It's set in a fictional city, and I remember thinking, I wonder if this is a spinoff of the office or like somehow they were <laughs> in the same world. Um, but I guess that's good because that established that they're not in the same world because these guys who made the show are the same guys who made the office. Yeah, it was a uh, Parks and Recreation was created by Greg Daniels and Michael Schur, who made the American version of the office, mm-hmm. and um. And they've also worked on, I believe, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place. The Good Place. Mm -hmm. And so I remember thinking, like, uh, I was kind of hoping that there'd be some kind of opportunity for a crossover. But I guess that doesn't make sense because Rashida Jones is in both shows and plays different characters. Unless it's twins. You never know. You never. Maybe they are twins, but they never brought it up. It's possible. (laughs) You never know. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to why I was reluctant to watch Parks and Recreation in the first place. I didn't start watching it until it was like three or four seasons into it um, because I felt like it was just a knockoff 
of the office and I didn't want to invest in it. Yeah. But I was wrong. Mm. Yeah. Um, so after that opening scene, we get some theme music. Yeah, and it's great. Can we talk about it? Yeah. I love it. The theme music, um, it, 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 it's like, bum, 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 <laughs> anyway, um, which I love when you're watching it with captions on on Netflix. It says triumphant music, which I think is a good description. Yeah, for it. it really sums it up nicely. And you see all the shots of uh, some of the characters, but mostly it's the like town. shots of the town the and the parks and mm-hmm. things like that. And you get all the characters uh, throughout, too, which I noticed, too, in that intro. You've got uh, Chris Pratt and maybe somebody else that are listed as guest stars so mm-hmm. I don't know what their thoughts were for where they were going to be throughout the whole series but Chris Pratt eventually was a regular you know mm-hmm. a series regular um, it's interesting to think how it would be without him but we'll talk more about Chris Pratt later on do you want to talk about the first scene after that yeah yeah so after the opening credit sequence is we come to a meeting of the parks department and this is where we get to first see Leslie's co-workers there's Ron Swanson, he's played by Nick Offerman, and he's the boss. He's the director of Parks and Recreation. Um, And he is a libertarian, as I alluded to earlier. And a libertarian is someone, in general, I'm just speaking generally here, Mm -hmm. they believe that the government should be completely hands-off, society Mm -hmm. will naturally, you know, lead to whatever... Yeah, they want to kind of minimize the role of government. Right, in privatize things. That's what I've gleaned from Parks and Recreation. I haven't right. done a lot of outside research whatever on what I learned in high libertarians school. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so he'll talk more about his beliefs later on in the episode. And obviously it's kind of ironic that the guy who runs this department is a libertarian. But we listened to... Um, the commentary yeah. on the DVD. Yeah. And when they were doing research, they asked... Uh, they were talking to local parks people uh-huh. and asked someone, you know, is it is it feasible that you would have someone running the government that is anti-government? And the guy that they were talking to actually said, well, <laughs> I happen to be a libertarian I myself. I think it was a woman they were talking to, actually, Whoa. but yeah. Equal <laughs> equality. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. So along with Ron Swanson, we have Tom Haverford, played by Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Don Amigo, played by Retta, mm-hmm. and Jerry Gergich, played by Jim O'Hare. Now, Donna and Jerry, two fantastic characters, mm-hmm. by the way, but they don't have any lines in this in this uh, pilot, right? No, I don't think so. If, if they do, they're minimal. Also, side note, um, Donna's got really weird hair. <laughs> <laughs> she does. It's very reminiscent of Kelly Kapoor, Mindy Kaling's character mm-hmm. in The Office, season one, where she's dressed way differently and just a completely it's really a different character yeah, she doesn't really have many lines character for donna who's kind of like a fashionista mm-hmm. and um would never she I don't drives think, leave her house looking like she does in this pilot episode no of she wanted she drives a mercedes benz yeah and who she has like a famous cousin who's her cousin i can't like remember. kanye or something it's not kanye is it it's either genuine or cameron <laughs> yeah I can't remember. They well, do talk about genu- genu- genuine a lot in this show. Yeah, but we don't find any of that out in the pilot episode. That, that's that's that more comes to come later. from Donna. <laughs> so this meeting they're having is to discuss uh, the monthly community outreach public forum that Leslie will be running that night. Leslie is very proud to be the chosen one to lead the public forum. She loves it. Yep. <laughs> but Ron, uh, in a talking head, tells us that nobody else wants to do it. 
And I think it'll soon become very clear why that job is not particularly desirable, especially not anyone who's ever had like a, a job where you're doing customer service work. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, so that night, Leslie holds the forum along with Tom Haverford. He's the unlucky person that Ron, Ron selected to go with Leslie. And this, the forum starts out in a big auditorium. Leslie, it's not like a school, right? Yeah. 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 And Leslie begins the forum by saying, um, with no sense of irony, thank you so much for coming. What an amazing turnout. And then we cut to the audience of maybe like 20 people uh-huh. in a sea of like empty seats. Right. Yeah. But she, she feels really good about this. Mm-hmm. This is great in in terms of what she normally sees at forums. Um, almost immediately, the lights go out in the auditorium and they have to move to a smaller room. I like that they kind of go out light by light, getting closer yeah. and closer to the stage. I thought that was funny. Yeah, and it kind of shows us that, like, while Leslie thinks this is a big, important event, like, the school didn't even remember that this event was going <laughs> on. <and> no one, <laughs> they didn't keep anyone, like, on, on staff to, like, run the lights and right. keep them going. So now we're in room number two, just a small classroom, and Leslie opens the forum up to questions, um, and she and Tom are met with just a barrage of angry comments and complaints from the townspeople. The questions are fun. Yeah, yeah. People are saying, like, you know, the music's too loud, they don't like the graffiti in the park. Um, One guy stands up and rants about how the head of police is a ninth degree mason. Um, Later on, he says he has a few things to say about Laura Linney. And the guy playing that is actually... Uh, Loudon Wainwright, mm-hmm. the third. Is he the third? He might be. He's Rufus he Wainwright's dad. Right. Mm-hmm. They should have gone with a Rufus Loudon Wainwright, the fourth. Keep, yeah, keep it that's going. His real name. Rufus Wainwright is like a singer, right? <laughs> yeah. And Loudon Wainwright's a singer too. Yeah. And he has like a new Netflix special, I think. I haven't watched Doing it. I, I don't know. Music stuff. I or? think it's music and maybe <laughs> storytelling Interesting. too. Interesting. Uh, Rufus Wainwright was one of the first concerts I ever went to. Really? Yeah, it was. Then, when was that? What year? Like two thousand five. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand four, two thousand five, and it right. was Ben Folds, mm-hmm. Rufus Wainwright, and Guster. Oh wow! Yeah, that it was a great. Tells show. me exactly what kind of person. You are. <laughs> I mean, I know what kind of person you are because we're married, but I would not have been at that show. <laughs> Well, I was, and it was great. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it Where was, was it at? It was at um, Promo West. Ooh. Outside. Ooh, outside. Yeah, we which live is in like the ideal concert Columbus. venue around here. Yeah. Columbus, the general Ohio. Columbus area. Mm-hmm. Central Ohio. Yeah. And uh, that's, a good, that's fun. Yeah, it was. Oh, all yeah. right. I anyway, this know. was... Yeah, go ahead. This was loud and way, right? Not right, Rufus. Not Rufus. Right. Rufus. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> so everybody's like bitching at Leslie and Tom about... <laughs> <laughs> about all the uh, all the things that bother them about the parks, but also just generally about the world. Yeah, like yeah. That, like Laura Linney obviously has nothing to do with parks. Yeah, he goes. Department. I've got a few things to say about Laura Linney. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> um, and Leslie says in a talking head, "When I when I hear when I'm yelled at, is people caring loudly at me?" <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So That's it, positive. Yeah, again, it's like Leslie's kind of this eternal optimist who chooses to see the best in people. Now, among the people, mm-hmm. we've got Rashida Jones. Yeah, Rashida yeah. Jones is the last one to stand up mm-hmm. with her question. And then she starts it off. I love what she says when she's... What does she say when she first says it? She oh, says, yeah, um, she says, like, I don't really care for government or something like that. And everyone Everyone claps. claps. Everyone claps. They're like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, kind of just like looking around like, I don't, 
uh, yeah. I don't know why they're clapping. And uh, Leslie wants to kind of smile through that, but you can tell it kind of hurts her feelings. Hurts her feelings a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Anne Perkins, who's played by Rashida Jones, mm-hmm. is there to talk about a giant pit behind her house. Can we just pause for a second? Uh-huh. Isn't it weird that... Well, no, never mind. Well, Loudon Wainwright the third is a singer. Yes. And we were just talking about Rufus Wainwright. Yes. Rashida Jones is the daughter of a singer. Yeah. Oh, Quincy, Quincy Jones. Jones. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We said that at the same and time. And Peggy Lipton, by the way, who is on Mod Squad. That's I her mom. I had no idea. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Does mod stand for modern there? I don't know I what that think shows it does. about. It always sounded like a I think like they're cool... cops, but they're like cool, like uh, undercover, like 21 Jump Street style. Ooh. I'm not sure about I've any of that. I've never seen Mod Squad, <laughs> but it has the coolest name. Yeah. Mod Squad. It does. Let's do Mod Squad sometimes. Mm. We'll see if it's streaming anywhere. If it is, we'll check it out. And then you'll be like, hey, here's a new show from the 70s? Yeah, that'll that be is... a good time. Her mom is also on Twin Peaks. Peggy Who's your Lipton. mom on, on Twin Peaks? She's like a waitress at the diner. Does she have a big role? Yes, like pretty big. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, well, I'm sure that well, I'm I sure mentioned I you it probably when we were watch Twin watching Peaks. it. We'll probably do Twin Peaks sometime, too. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to go down that road anytime soon. I am not ready to revisit Twin Peaks. <laughs> we're in like a dark place. It's a, it's, a, it's a very weird show. Yeah. This is not that. Yeah. Although it also centers around a small town. So anyways, go ahead. <laughs> anyways, Anne is there to complain about this pit behind her house. Apparently, like a condo developer came in like a year ago and like dug out a basement for some condos, but then they went bankrupt and they just kind of abandoned the pit. And what happened to her boyfriend? Her boyfriend, Andy, fell into the pit and broke he, his legs. He fell into <laughs> the pit. Yeah. He, he fell into the pit. <laughs> Andy is a musician and he wrote a song about his experience. With, it's with fantastic. The pit. Yeah, we don't hear it in this episode we'll hear it later but yeah, it's great I it love is it. great and maybe we'll talk about that more later but the the build to that final episode of the rock show which is episode mm-hmm. six i believe of the mm-hmm. first season um when you get that song about the pit it really i love the the pilot episode but for me the the whole first season feels like a pilot like it could yeah. almost be a movie, you know, in a way, like an episodic kind of movie or a mm-hmm. limited series that, you know, leads into something else. Um, so I really like that. So as we're talking about the first episode, we'll get to the climax of the first episode, but the climax is they form an exploratory committee about building a park. It's nothing you huge. Just, you just spoiled, I spoiled my it. recap. S- spoiler alert. <laughs> um but it does build even further. But anyway, let's go back to uh, what is Rashida Jones? What does she want about this pit? Her boyfriend fell into it? Yeah, so she basically thinks it's like a public safety concern, obviously, since her boyfriend fell in. And public safety is important to her because she's a nurse. I don't know if she brings that up there or not. I guess she probably mentions She does mention point. that oh, she's yeah, a yeah. nurse, yeah. And um, after she mentions that her boyfriend fell in and broke his legs, Tom Haverford, who's there with Leslie, mm-hmm. he takes that opportunity to hit on Anne. Even though he mentions that he has a, a wife. Which we won't find out more about that wife. She shows up in episode six, but sh- we find out what's really going on with his wife later on in the second yeah. season. We won't talk about that now. Yeah, but this little um, speech by Tom where he's hitting on Anne is my favorite moment, I think. I think that's the, the moment that really hooked us into the show. Yeah. That's, that's and the I'm moment. pretty sure he was like improving most of it. He was improving most of it because that's what they said in the commentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they said that they had a part of it written 
And then mm-hmm. he just kind of went went off. Yeah. And just was. And it's Aziz. great. It's, you got to watch. It's hilarious. Just, that part's just great. Just for that. You maybe go watch away. It. Go yeah. away for the weekend. Maybe explore <laughs> our bodies or something yeah. like that. <laughs> he mentions that he likes spends a lot of time with beautiful women. He's comfortable around that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's great. You should definitely check out the pilot if if only for that moment. Yes. But Anne's not into it. She's clearly pretty disgusted that he this guy's hitting on her while she's talking about her her boyfriend. Yes. And while he has a wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, the forum ends with Leslie not only agreeing to fill in the pit, but going a step further and saying she's going to build a park on that land. And going even a step further and making it a pinky promise. Oh, yeah. It's a pinky promise. (laughs) Which is weird because she actually does not hook pinkies with anybody. No. It's a verbal pinky promise. It's a verbal pinky promise. Metaphorical. That's not a real thing. Uh, yeah, and as we're going to find out, this is a pretty ambitious promise from Leslie. Um, she's going to face a lot of obstacles getting this done. She doesn't really have the power to make this happen, but she's determined. She is. Yeah, and so this pretty much sets up the central plot for the first season and beyond of Parks and Recreation. Right, because they won't fill in that pit for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, Leslie's very excited, very determined to fill in this park pit and build a park. She says in a talking head that this could be her Hoover Dam. <laughs> She's really picturing big things for, her, for herself. So she and Tom are brainstorming about how to make this park happen. Tom suggests they go to city council and ask them to put up the money. Uh, but Leslie points out that parks are not a priority. Um, so she decides she needs to form an exploratory subcommittee to get things going. Excellent. And she suggests bringing in Mark Brandanowitz. Well, she suggests bringing in Mark. And yeah. I think Aziz is like, or Tom is like, Mark who? Mark who? And she's like, <laughs> Mark Brandanowitz. Yeah, like obviously it's Mark Brandanowitz. <laughs> Played by Paul Schneider. Yep. And who he... is in like almost literally nothing else. No, he's in it. We watched a movie with him. We watched part of a movie with him. No, you know what he's in is. What? um Away We Go, where he plays... Oh, yeah. He plays Jim's... Not He plays... <laughs> John Krasinski's, John Krasinski's brother, brother. Which is interesting because, obviously, John Krasinski plays Jim on The Office. And I think that Mark Brandenowitz is supposed to be the Jim of Parks and Recreation, except that he's a terrible character and we hate him. That's... Yes. <laughs> and we'll explain more about why we hate him later. But yeah. as far as the Jim, he sort of feels like he may be the romantic interest because uh-huh. as we'll find out... What do we find out about her and Mark? Oh, we find out that they had... Uh, they have a romantic history. They shared a night together several years ago. Oh. It was obviously like the best night of Leslie's life. She thinks about it all the time. Totally crazy about Mark. Mark, on the other hand, has no recollection of this happening. In a talking head, he's yeah. sort of like, he's like, oh, oh, yeah. Like he remembers it yeah. during the talking head. Yeah. And I, I'm so confused about this. And it really makes me hate Mark because, I mean, I can, I can understand if you're the sort of person who's like going out to clubs every night, meeting new people and going home with them. You might not remember every single person. Right. And I'm I'm not judging that. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. This is not what happened with Mark. It's not like Leslie is some girl that he met at a club and then never saw again and he doesn't remember. They're this coworkers. Someone, they're coworkers. coworkers. They see each other all the time. It's not like a big town and it's not a big city hall. He sees her all the time. Yeah. How does he not remember that this happened? Ridiculous. Yeah. This I don't feel good about Mark because of this. But We'll find later that he has some redeeming qualities. 
Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> anyway, um, Leslie wants to bring Mark on to... And he's um, the city planner. Yeah, he's the city planner. She wants to bring him on to be part of her subcommittee. She says when you want something done in this town, you go to Mark Brandanowitz. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows where the bodies are buried. That's so. like the thing that old people say. I don't really know <laughs> yeah. what that means. Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good. <laughs> but um, obviously, Leslie has some ulterior motives, which we talked about. She's got a big crush on Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Leslie sits down with Mark to discuss the logistics of turning the pit into a park. And I love what he says here. He says, is it likely? No, it's not likely. But is it possible? No. no. <laughs> it's not possible. I would give up on that one. <laughs> he goes on to uh, list all the challenges that she's going to face, the homeowners associations, the bureaucratic red tape mm-hmm. um, that she's going to have to deal with. He's definitely not super optimistic about this project, but Leslie's undeterred. Uh, and um, ultimately, he agrees to help her out. I like that part, too, because in that part, She's like, thank you so much for clearing your schedule. And he's like, I wasn't doing anything. She's like, I understand you're a busy man. He's like, my office is right there. They're just meeting in the courtyard right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing, too, in the commentary on that part, they mentioned that the lighting in the courtyard makes Amy Poehler very, really glow there as the blonde oh, yeah. uh, hair is being lit behind her. Yeah. yeah. It really does. It it looks like it's outside. And, and I think mm-hmm. Rashida Jones in the commentary said it really feels like you're outside there. Yeah. So. I think they said you can hear pigeons. Like well, there of, are pigeons, yeah. I think. It was a, unclear what was going on with the pigeons. I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess they have pigeons just loose in... I don't know how animal wrangling uh, works on sitcoms. Peta heard about this? Whoa. <laughs> All right. Anyway, next scene. Leslie, Tom, and April Ludgate, who's the Parks Department intern, played, played by, by Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. They go to Anne's house, and they meet her boyfriend, Andy Dwyer. Played by Chris Pratt. That's the first meeting between April and Andy. Yeah, which... and it's not too momentous here. Nothing, no, it's not. I don't think they even technically interact, but no. um, they'll eventually be one of the central love stories really of the will. series. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, Andy's sitting on the couch with his two broken legs, and Leslie greets him like he's a war hero. She's like, <laughs> how you doing, son? <laughs> And uh, she said the the parks department promises they're going to do everything they can to help him. And Andy asks her to pass him his itch stick. <laughs> Which is a stick that he sticks into his cast. To... Yeah. Have you ever broken a bone had a cast? No, I haven't. I knew that. We're married. I know that. Yeah. But uh, I've had a few. And mm-hmm. it gets itchy. Yeah. Yeah. When they take the cast off, it's very itchy. Yeah. I know it, my sister broke her arm once it, and when you, her cast came off. You have off, it was, like, layers terrifying. of dead skin. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. I think when they take off the cast in a, in a later episode, there's like random, like, I think there's like toys yeah. and like <laughs> things like that in there. Yeah, there's all there's kinds a, of stuff. There's a lot going on. This is not in this episode, but it's a little later. One of my favorite parts of the entire series is when Andy is in, he's in his cast, and so he has Rashida Jones' character do everything for him. But he's just sitting there and he's playing music and he's just playing songs about the things that are around him. And he sings a song about the lamp. That's my favorite, too. I love it. And he goes, lamp. I wish you were a lamp that would light up when I turn, when I, when When you get touched. When you get touched. (laughs) I love those kind of lamps. All lamps should be that lamp. Do they make those kind of lamps anymore? I don't know. We don't have any. We don't have I think my uncle used to have some. I remember it was very exciting. You would tap them. 
Yeah. Maybe my grandma. Somebody in Cleveland that I know <laughs> has lamps that light up when you touch them. And you touch them three times and they would do different yeah, levels I of Yeah, I think dimness. my grandma has one of those too. Maybe it's a grandma None thing. of them have a clapper though, which I think is even more of an old person thing. Like yes. You clap on, you clamp on. Clap off. Yes. Oh, <laughs> clappers are fun. Yeah. Why don't we have one? I don't think I've ever encountered one in real life. They used to sell them at like, I think like CVS, like places that sold like made on TV or yeah. as seen on TV type of products, which I guess they have those at like Kroger, but they don't sell. I don't know. Let's look into getting a clap. I bet you can get one on Amazon. <laughs> but now you can do like, what is it? Like Nest or something where you can get all of the, the oh, yeah. lights to like come on that. with your that. phone. I want I want them to all come on by clapping. <laughs> Can I yeah. get an app on my phone that triggers the Nest app through claps? I'm probably. Speaking of Amazon, and I don't remember <laughs> if we mentioned this earlier, but Parks and Recreation is streaming on Netflix and on Hulu and on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So, so you have a lot of options. A lot of options to watch that. It's probably on the NBC app too. Probably. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't have cable. Yeah. But we got all these streaming services. <laughs> so no excuse to not check that out. Anyway. <laughs> They go out to Andy's house and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from there they go out to take a look at the pit. Leslie, Tom, April, and Anne. And Leslie's wearing a hard hat and she wants to get some photos in front of the pit. But she ends up tumbling down into she does it. tumble down <laughs> Yeah, so it. good thing she's wearing that hat. That's she's true. okay. Yeah. Although she claims to have broken her clavicle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Anne, who's a nurse, obviously says, no, your clavicle is not broken, but... Uh, Leslie really is trying to get some sympathy for... She asks if she has one of those neck brace things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out in the next scene yeah. if there is something like that. Yeah, but Anne's telling her she's fine. And so this visit out to Anne's house and to the pit ends with Leslie complaining about her broken neck and sitting down next to Andy on the couch. And he asks for pancakes? Yeah, because Rich, um, Anne is walking into the kitchen and he... And Andy's like, if you're going into the kitchen, can you make pancakes? And then Leslie's he like, goes, ooh, are pancakes being made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now That's Anne a good is, line. Uh, yeah. Anne's making pancakes for both of these invalids who have fallen into the pit. One that she hardly knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had anybody show up to your house and then you've had to feed them pancakes and you've hardly known them? No. No. I mean, I was just wondering. I'm just asking. <laughs> All right. Um, So Leslie ends up taping a travel pillow around her neck since she can't get a She's got a travel pillow with a little bit of duct tape across the front. (laughs) Yeah. And she's going to go make a sympathy play to Ron Swanson, her Mm -hmm. boss. So she walks into his office with this travel pillow taped around her her neck and asks him to give her lot 48, which is where the pit is, so that she can turn it into a park. Ron despite being the head of the Parks Department, is, as we mentioned, a libertarian. So, in stark contrast to Leslie, he doesn't believe the government should have much of anything to do with people's lives. He doesn't want to waste taxpayer money on any parks. He doesn't want to build any parks. Um, So, he says he needs to think about it. And I think the only reason he doesn't outright say no is because he likes Leslie. I think so, too. Like, likes her as a person, not not, romantically. Although, Ron is single. Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah, yeah, but definitely nothing romantic. Like nothing that. romantic yeah. there. It's more of a fathery, kind of fatherly mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get a bunch of jump cuts of Leslie coming into Ron's office to see if he's made up his mind yet. She tries, like, reverse psychology saying, you know, I don't think I even want the park. And um, 
again, trying to play up the sympathy card, complaining about her neck hurting. Meanwhile, Tom and April are walking around the, the office, City Hall, laughing about the pictures they took of Leslie falling into the pit. And they end up running into Mark Brandanowitz and show him the pictures. And this is where Mark Brandanowitz has some redeeming qualities. Yeah. Yes. Or at least where the show wants us to feel like he has some redeeming qualities. Yeah. I still don't like Mark. I, I don't like him either, but <laughs> I feel like this is the part where Mark Brandanowitz saves the cat. Yeah. Saving the cat. Do you want to explain that? Yeah. So saving the cat is basically a, um, a storytelling technique that is used to make the audience relate to or relate to or think humanizes a character yeah like if there's a character who you're not sure how you're supposed to feel about them or maybe you're feeling a little bit negative toward them they will save a cat and that redeems them right usually that's metaphorical but sometimes it's real yes in like the movie inside lewin davis um, yeah oscar isaac's character saves a a cat saves a cat yeah Yeah. Yep, so that's what happens here when um, Mark takes one of the pictures that is particularly unappealing. Is it one of them an upskirt shot? It's an upskirt (laughs) shot, yeah. So he takes that away from Tom and and April, who, by the way, mentioned that they could just just print more. But but the, the thought is there. He takes that away from them so they can't, like, publish it right. online. And then he goes to Ron Swanson to ask him if he will give the park to Leslie, give the, the lot to Leslie so she can build a park on it. Um, and he says that Ron owes him a favor and he wants mm. to cash in for this. Now, we don't hear what the favor is in this episode or ever, but I think I know what it is. Do you know what it is? Well, yeah, I think we, well, we, do we find, because I forget. No, because we do find out. Well, we don't well, we find never out specifically. Find out. But we do find out later in season two when they're trying to find dirt on each other mm-hmm. that Tom finds out from Mark Brandanowitz mm-hmm. to, well, he finds out that he should go check out this club in Eagleton where there's Eagleton some, is the nearby town. Right, where there's some some jazz music going on at certain, certain uh, times. And, uh, well, it turns out that Ron lives... Lives a double life mm-hmm. as um, Duke Silver. <laughs> yeah, Duke Silver plays the saxophone at a club in Eagleton. Yes. Um, but he doesn't want anyone to know this, and Mark obviously does know about it. So I think that's the favor that he's alluding to. And that's another example of sort of saving the cat there mm-hmm. in that situation. He's standing up for Leslie and kind of helping her out and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. so I think that's good. I think that's good. So one other thing that I want to talk about before we forget about it is that in the earlier scene where she's asking Ron in different ways to like approve this exploratory committee type mm-hmm. of thing and they use the jump cuts there where like you know, it's like she comes in and says one thing and then she says another thing, but it's like a new cut. Kind uh-huh. of that's something they talked about in the commentary about jump cuts. Yeah. Not just in those scenes, but also in the talking head scenes as a way to differentiate it from the office. Mm-hmm. So those jump cuts for one, they said they could edit the talking heads so it's not just one single shot the whole time. But also it kind of like allows them and they use this a lot later where where they'll say like 10 different jokes in a row and it'll yeah. cut it from joke to joke. So I like that a lot as a way to differentiate from The Office and just yeah. as a general kind of technique. And the show does have a very different feel from The Office. Yes. As I learned once I started watching it, it's for one thing, it's a much more kind of hopeful and optimistic show. Yeah, it's a hopeful show about 
friendship mm-hmm. and hope and things like that as opposed to the office which is more about just like the kinds of relationships you build at work yeah and, and it's things a like li- that the office i would say is like a little bit depressing i mean it's a funny show people are having a good time but the overall tone of it is not super upbeat yeah i, I would say yeah we'll do the office someday but yeah. yeah i feel like there's i wouldn't say it's overall depressing but i would say that this is overall yeah optimistic. i mean nobody's excited about working at dunder mifflin no yeah people leslie, leslie at least is I excited think Jerry, about yeah about yeah. working at the parks department and i think leslie gets people excited about she does. working with yeah. her yeah excellent so what comes after that scene yeah, so after that, we cut to Leslie walking around City Hall with Anne. She's showing her the various murals around oh, the I City Hall the building. They're all depicting, like, gruesome atrocities that were committed against Native Americans. They're pretty pretty rough to look at. <laughs> but then uh, Tom runs in with the good news that Ron has approved their exploratory subcommittee. And they're thrilled. <laughs> so the episode ends with Leslie, Anne... And Leslie's co-workers celebrating this little win in the office. And uh, they're drinking. And Anne drunkenly says, They say democracy only works when people get involved. So I'm making a vow to do whatever it takes to get this pit filled in. Even if it takes two months. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's some foreshadowing for the rest of the season. Because it's going to take longer it takes than two months. Longer. It's something that I don't think they really build that park until like the final season or second to final season. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it it ends up being a much bigger undertaking than any of them realize. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Mark Randanowitz. Oh, he realized it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, that's uh that's pretty much where the episode ends. All right. So let's just take a look real quick. I like to look at the descriptions for the shows mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So on on Hulu. So this is the Hulu description here. Sometimes the descriptions are more in-depth. Sometimes they're very basic. Um, This one, it says, for Parks and Recreation, Leslie Nope takes on the system in (laughs) Pawnee, Indiana. That's it? (laughs) That's all it says. Uh, Usually it's like more like, like, I don't know, more detailed than that. But that one's pretty interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that she does take on, I mean, she's part of the system. Yeah. But she's taking it on she's a little bit. She's doing it from the inside. She's doing it from the inside. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. What do we want to say about the show? Well, I just, we already said this, but I want to reiterate that I love this show. Yeah. So, okay. So, <laughs> if this show, part of what we want to do with this podcast mm-hmm. is be able to recommend things to people um, if they've not seen them. If they have seen them, great. I think it's still fun to, to reminisce about this show and, and all these other shows. But if you were just to to say like, hey, I, all I saw was this this pilot. Mm-hmm. Do I keep watching? Yeah. I would say yes. On yeah, this. definitely. And I would say shows about quirky small towns is probably my favorite genre of show. What are some other shows about quirky small towns? Like that you Gilmore like? Girls. All right, all right. Yeah. What's the, the name of the town there? Stars Hollow? Stars Hollow. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The show Ed, which I don't think is streaming anywhere, but no. it's another quirky small town no, right. show. Yeah, there are a lot the of The Office, mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin Peaks. That's one thing I like about Twin Peaks. There are a lot of things I don't like about Twin Peaks. Friends. We'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, small town in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I would I would recommend it too. I would say that... Um, 
I would definitely recommend it for fans of The Office if they've not watched it, because there are some of those people that are fans of The Office and they've never watched yeah, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, I think if you like The Office, you'll like Parks and Recreation, but it's not like just reiterating. Yeah, I think it's a totally different show. I think yeah. if you don't like The Office, you would still potentially love Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic show. Some of the people, too, that show up on the show later on, people like Adam Scott, people like Rob Lowe, they really mm-hmm. add a lot to it. This show oh, actually... that's true. Like, two of the main characters in the series they don't are come not in, in until the, the end of season two. in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this show... And I don't know the whole backstory, the whole behind-the-scenes things. I do know that when Adam Scott and and Rob Lowe joined the cast, it was not clear that they were going to be permanent cast members, mm-hmm. but they joined in at the end of the second season, and then they sort of did, not like a soft reboot, but they did like a, you know, here's the real beginning of the show at but season three. But it's pretty seamless, I would say. Oh, like, it really is, yeah. yeah well, but they do so. that. And they also get rid of one of the characters. Oh, well, yeah, they get rid of uh, they get rid of Mark Brandano, which yeah, your dream which, comes true. Because you hate riddance. that guy. I hate Mark Brandano. I don't like him either. And he never comes back, not even in the finale. No, I think there I was don't talks think people. even mentioned much. Yeah, no. Yeah. But um, no, when they do that sort of soft ish reboot, they do that um, previously on kind of mm-hmm. thing at the beginning of the season. And they do this whole recap about parks and recreation to kind of. You know, bring in new viewers, mm-hmm. I guess. Let them feel like they're coming in. That's a really good... I like that that whole thing. It's, <laughs> it's like, really um, fun. It's told in an interesting way. They're like, meanwhile, two black hats rode into town. <laughs> and that's Adam Scott. Adam Scott, if you don't know it, he was on um, Boy Meets World. He played the bully Griff briefly after <laughs> yeah. the bully Harley He's uh, a very away. different character on Parks and Recreation. <laughs> he is. And if you guys know him from Boy Meets World, you're awesome. Because he was the best bully, um, I think, in there. Well, what what about the one whose dad is a wrestler? Oh, Frankie? Yeah, Frankie. Stichino? I think Frankie Stacchino is the best bully. What's his real name? Oh, Ethan Supley. Yeah. He's in uh, My Name is Earl. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is, mm-hmm. which is another fantastic pilot. <laughs> I love it. Carson Daly, Karma. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Adam Scott's in it and Rob Lowe's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, they do add some other characters. Not as fond of those characters yeah. going in there, but... I will say that um, Billy Eichner does join the cast, and, and I don't love Billy Eichner's character in there, but I do love Billy Eichner. But, you know, back to the, the first season, though. I love it. I love it, too. Who, based on the pilot, would you say is, like, the the breakout character? Well, for me, it's kind of like... Part of the reason I really was into the show, because I never I never really watched Saturday Night Live, so I wasn't like a huge mm-hmm. Amy Poehler fan or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. And I didn't know who Nick Offerman was. I did not mm-hmm. watch Will and Grace, which he made a few roles on. He was on I that for a while. he had at least a cameo in one episode. Yeah, and he's married mm-hmm. to Megan Mullally, who's yes. got that annoying voice on there. Right? <laughs> she's Karen on Will and Grace. <laughs> yes, she's she also have that voice in real life. Yes, because she's also in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, she plays Ron's ex-wife, Tammy. Yeah. One of his two ex-wives named Tammy. Tammy 1 and Tammy 2. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but um, for me, it was Aziz, because I was a big fan of Aziz, mm-hmm. because Aziz was on one of my favorite shows, which when you go back and watch it, it's not good, um, <laughs> is Human Giant, though, with Paul Shear and with Rob Hubel, that I'm sketch comedy. Human, Human Giant is so funny. <laughs> it was on MTV, too. It's a sketch comedy show. Gosh, what did they have that one that was the... Uh, Osama Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so good. No, but I was a big Aziz Ansari fan. I even watched, well, I would have watched it anyway, but I even watched um, Scrubs, the new class. Mm-hmm. Scrubs Med Is School. Is he on that? 
Yeah, he's on Scrubs Med School. Oh, I didn't know Guys, that. Guys, if you haven't watched Scrubs Med School, it's the final season of Scrubs, and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's on it. Dave watched. Franco is on it. Um, yeah, a lot of Eliza Coop is Eliza on Coop, it. Eliza Coop, the girl who plays uh, Jane on Happy mm-hmm. Endings. The guy who's the homeless guy in, not homeless, but he lives in uh, their, their, attic their attic in season, some episode in season one of uh, Happy Endings. Um, he's in it, too. Um, you know, Zach Braff is in the first episode of it. Uh, (laughs) I forget who the girl is in it. She's in something. Because they kind of shift the first episode of the med school Mm -hmm. one. It's Zach Braff in the voiceovers, but it's also like this girl. And then she sort of takes over as the main character. Anyways, the final season of Scrubs, Scrubs Med School, is not good. But Aziz Ansari (laughs) is in it. I think he's in it, unless he's just in the like second to last season of Scrubs. I don't really remember, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. But I do like I Aziz Ansari. I stopped watching at that point. <laughs> but, I, yeah, who is I also in Master too. of None, which is going to be in one of our future episodes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with you that he is the breakout star of this episode, other than Leslie, who does a bang-up job. She does. And I will and, say that in the series as a whole, um, Nick Offerman's character, Ron Swanson, is kind of the overall breakout star. Well, Chris Pratt mm-hmm. is obviously the breakout star because he comes an A-list celebrity, but yeah. <laughs> Ron Swanson is like the character that everybody really sort of falls in love with. Yeah. I mean, they fall in love with all of them, but he's sort of Everybody's that. Super he's such a. He's the one who has all the good like quotes, and mm-hmm. I don't know any of them off the top of my head. But he's yeah. he's a very character kind of person. But he, that doesn't really come off in this first episode, really. Although he does have some good parts when he's shown around his office and the yeah. I in think in a half an scene. hour they just don't have time to like fully develop all the characters. And right. um, fun like, fact, they said in the commentary the original edit. I mean, they knew it was a half hour sitcom, but mm-hmm. the original first edit was like forty eight minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot. We watched the deleted scenes though, and it was pretty good. They got rid of most yeah. of those. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't that so. good. They were just like extra scenes to tell the story, which yeah. the story was told. So good editing. Yeah, good editing, that guys. Editor, I don't know who the editor job. was because I didn't write that down, <laughs> but they did a fantastic Excellent job. Work. Excellent. Mm-hmm. What do we think about? What was I going to say? Who would you want to see a spinoff of? Yeah. You know, one of the things we like to do here is is try and think, you know, what could be a good spinoff of this show? A mm-hmm. lot of times, back in the day, back in the old days, you would get spinoffs, for example, Perfect Strangers. Well, a spinoff of that was Family Matters because Harriet, the elevator operator. <laughs> I forgot that that was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. <laughs> of course. So I like to think about what would be the spinoff. I, I, sometimes, too, you know, what if just the pilot didn't work and they were like, what's going to be the spinoff? But, uh-huh. um, but what's the spinoff that you would like to see? Okay, so I would like to see Loudon Wainwright's character, who's that guy who just comes and uh, rants about, like, Laura Linney. In mm-hmm. the town hall scene, right? I would like to see him because he was talking about how like the the police chief was like a ninth degree mason or something, right? And the masons are like a secret society. Yeah, kind of like thing. if you've read like the Da Vinci Code, they would like talk about the masons and the Illuminati and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would like to see like a Da Vinci Code style show, just centered in Pawnee, Indiana, around this character um, that Loudon Wainwright. Plays yes. where he's exposing all the um, Masons and Illuminati. I like in it. He, he never comes back, by the way. He's <laughs> only in the pilot. So. I don't think he comes he might back. Have, like, Although they do have actually. some sort of secret societies in Pawnee, the. Um, Oh, yeah. The reasonable reasonable Reasonableist. Yes. In the end mm-hmm. of the world episode. Yeah. <laughs> which is my favorite episode, by the way. That's a really good I episode. I love that episode. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's in season four or five, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which um, sometimes by season four or five of a show, you're. I have usually checked out. 
I usually yeah. check out of shows by season three. I'll tell you that. I'll wa- I watch the first three seasons and then I'll watch the rest, but I won't rewatch them. Interesting. Yeah. But this show does the. It gets a little sketchy, like the second to last season, I think. Mm-hmm. But and then the last season is um, starts off kind of rough because it's like set a couple of years in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think it comes around to a nice. Mm. It's not rewatchable, but it's an. It's fine. <laughs> You're more generous. About, I am more generous. Like, uh, I, I fall in love with the characters in the show. Than I am. The spinoff yeah. I would like to see is Chris Pratt's character Andy. Ooh, yeah. Um, and I would like to I see it. I would watch so much Chris Pratt. He's so good. He's good. Um, I remember when that show first kind of came out. I remember looking him up on like Wikipedia and stuff, trying to figure out who this guy was and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like I remember he was discovered. As he was like a, he worked at a restaurant in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was discovered um, that maybe there was like a casting agent or something like that that mm-hmm. that came to his table, and and that's kind of how he was discovered. And I think that's really cool. I always thought that he was, he kind of reminded me of Paul Rudd. He had that mm-hmm. similar kind of sense of humor, um, but he ended up be having a huge career. And he's now so he's so adorable. Yes. But also, then he gets to be super hot. Like you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Watching like. The pilot of Parks and Rec. Right, because he's not... I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. But he's a bigger guy. Yeah, he's, like, a little bit, like, chubby and just kind of goofy. But he's, like, adorable and lovable. Ends up, obviously, being one of the hottest guys on Earth. He's super hot. And what I would like to see in a spinoff is a prequel, right, Mm -hmm. where he's hot. Yes. Like he is now. Yes. And he sort of is a descent into the Andy character. Oh, okay. I would like to see him just always be hot. I just like to see him shirtless like in that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy where he's like getting like, I think there's like a shower going over him and he's like shirtless and he's like, uh. That sounds good to me. I just like or to just see like that over and over. Nine seasons of uh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd I'm watch sold. it. Alright, there we go. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I wish he would do more non-superhero movies though. I know. I'm. We are not superhero movies. Because here's people. what I've seen him in. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. No. I didn't see that Passengers movie where they're like in outer space oh, with yeah, uh, yeah. that Jennifer one girl. Lawrence. Right. He was in before he became huge. And this kind of seemed like the role he would have is like this side character friend. He was in uh, mm-hmm. that movie where Vince Vaughn was like a sperm donor and he has a bunch of kids. Oh, I forget what that movie was called, but it was terrible. It was not a good movie, but he was like the <laughs> friend in that movie. And He should just be like the leading man in every movie. Can Him we... or John Hamm. Can, Can we, we get... just alternate between the two of them? <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Can we get him into some just some romantic comedies? And yeah. Like that? Can we make romantic comedies? Can we do in that, general, guys? As Netflix, a society? Um, Hollywood, Hollywood. <laughs> um, hello, hello, Hollywood. <laughs> Hi, I would like a romantic comedy featuring Chris Pratt. Yeah. And John Hamm. Speaking Those of, those are the two love interests. <laughs> oh my god, it would be so good. It would, it, I guess. No, like. Like, it's a love triangle. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. I, yeah. But yeah. it could be gay, too. It progressive. could be. It's right. 2019. It's yes. Just, it's 2019. Well, it's 1995. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I would say that, uh, speaking of romantic comedies, too, mm-hmm. is that I, around the time, maybe it was like 2013 or 14, um, Amy Poehler was in that uh, romantic comedy with, with Paul Rudd. Um, that was a spoof of oh, romantic yeah, comedies. Yeah. I was just thinking about they that. They came together. They came together. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie. It is. I it's like a really movie. fun movie. I think Adam Scott has a little role in there mm-hmm. too in a goofy little part because yeah. they're all in it together. That's a good movie. If you haven't seen that movie, it's actually, I think it's on Netflix and it's actually really, really funny. I don't know why people haven't seen that movie. It's one of those spoofy kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Spoofy? Is that a word? It is now. Mm, thank you. <laughs> um, 
other things about this show. You know, I, I was looking at uh, some of the reviews of the show when it mm-hmm. first came out because, I mean, if you if you were around during the time The Office was huge, then you know. But if you weren't around when The weren't Office around. was huge. Like, if, how old if, do you think the people listening I, to this are? I don't know. Like, Ten? If you were... <laughs> I have I, like I have students that are big fans of The They're Office. They're older than ten. You teach ten. Right, grade. but no, but they weren't. They weren't <laughs> experiencing it as they're watching on Netflix. They found it on Netflix okay. later on. If you were watching <laughs> The Office when it was huge, it was it was the thing. Everybody knew it. It was mm-hmm. in the zeitgeist, yes. which is a word that I don't know what it means, but I know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, it was so big. So when Parks and Rec came out. It could only be talked about in the context of The Office. Mm-hmm. That was what everybody thought. It was like, hey, it's The Office people making their own show. What's this going to be like? Um, you know, and it was a unique situation, too, because their other op- show was The Office, which was a, a remake, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, what are these guys, what are they making, Oh, right? when we did The Office, are we going to do the British Office and the American Office Well, they're essentially the same. They're gonna... like the same kind but of I thing. But I have very different feelings about them. I do. I actually like the British one better. No. No, the pilot. I don't. No, because he's got that line where he's like, "He was didn't, rubbish." Didn't, didn't walk out in the end. He, he's, he was rubbish. That's the right? only part of the British Office that I like is that line. Well, I like Ricky Gervais's delivery on everything. No. Um. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so I looked at some reviews uh, that came out at the time. The AV Club gave uh, the pilot of Parks and Recreation a B plus, which I think is fair. I think that's fair, you know. But a lot of the things we're talking about, they talked about that it was sort of, you know, in the context of The Office. Although one thing that I found in their review there, um, the review by Keith Phipps of the AV Club, this was published in 2009, so this was published at the time, is that um, the plot of it, I found this to be fascinating. Oh, where's that here? Is that the plot of the the first season is similar to, um, here's what they wrote here. I'll just read it word for word. As a few commenters have already pointed out elsewhere on the site, this is essentially the plot to Akira Kurosawa's 1952 masterpiece, Aikiru, reworked as a sitcom. In Aikiru, the great Takashi Shimura plays a go-nowhere bureaucrat who learns he's dying. Trying to find some meaning in life before it slips away, Shimura throws himself into debauchery and despair, then rallies in the, in the face of death to turn a mosquito-infested corner of Tokyo into a playground. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is weird. I am only familiar with Kurosawa from uh, that line in, in the, the Bare Naked uh, Lady in the Bare Naked song. song. Like, like Kurosawa, I make mad films. Tiano makes films. But if they did, they'd have a samurai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have no other context. Can you sing that for us? Nope. Okay. You know, if you like Gia's singing, please leave us a review Stop on it. iTunes specifically about her singing. I, I didn't believe... even sing. Yeah, but you sang on the last episode, which was our <laughs> pilot episode, which is available in our. Uh, in our archives, uh, our feed there uh, about the show Happy Endings. Um, you're a beautiful singer. <laughs> Thanks. And a beautiful person. Thank you. you know, I, Inside. And outside. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Inside, though? <laughs> Am I? Shut up. <laughs> I love you so much. What else do we have to say about the show? What else do you have on your list? I uh, would say this, is that uh, what do we think about where these characters, not these characters, these actors have gone from this show. We talked about Chris Pratt already, but um, you got Aubrey Plaza. I mean, this show, it started some careers, and I think that's always kind of cool. Like, it's cool when a show really starts some careers off, because first off, okay, first off, Amy Poehler was already huge. 
yes. right? But this really did, that was like, hey, I'm a famous person. Here's my sitcom now, mm-hmm. you know? And I of, didn't like her before this. I thought she was kind of like over-the-top character-y. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't I really dislike her, but like I said, I never really watched Saturday Night Live, so yeah. I didn't know much about yeah, her. Yeah, I didn't either. But, but now I've seen I, her like I like her a lot in Mean Girls, and I did see her in Baby Mama, which I, liked I like the Baby, Baby, Baby Mama. Yeah, yeah, and um, so you got Amy Poehler, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Nick Offerman, who didn't have like a lot of. I mean, he had a career obviously before this, but that mm-hmm. was his really. He became a star off of it, which is awesome. I listened. We saw to him re- do stand up. We did see him do stand-up one time, and he played the Lil' Sebastian song. Oh, yeah. Which is actually uh-huh. performed by Chris Pratt's character, I think. Yeah. But that was really cool. It was mm-hmm. fun. It wasn't great stand-up, but it was it good. It was fine. Fun fact, we also saw BJ Novak from The Office do stand-up. We did, on our first anniversary, our first dating anniversary. That's romantic. Yeah. Yeah. So that kicked off Nick Offerman's career. Who else is in the show? Rashida Jones. Now, her career was already kind of going from The Office, but that mm-hmm. was her big... You know, I mean, this was because The Office, it was sort of a, she came on in the third season mm-hmm. and, you know, and then her and character I, went away. by the way, this is controversial, but I'm Team Karen on The Office. I'm actually Team Karen, too. What? Oh well, I think God. the Jim-Pam relationship is a little weird. And Karen is super hot, She's right? super hot. I she's mean, super Pam's hot. okay, um, yeah, but Karen fine. is super hot. It's undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you got Rashida Jones, uh, her career really taking off after uh-huh. this. Although, she's on the show Angie Tribeca right now, which just yeah. released her fourth season. I think she also made like a documentary about her dad recently, Quincy Jones. Did she make that documentary? I think so. That's on Netflix, right? I think. Well, we should check that out. I don't know if she made it or not. Um, she's involved in it. <laughs> well, she's probably involved in it. It's her, it's her father. No, but she also made that movie with um, Andy Samberg. Oh, that was a nice movie. Um, which she Jessie made and... Jesse and Celeste Forever. Yes. And I thought that because she has a writing partner. It's not Andy Samberg. I forget what the writer partner's name is. But she wrote that movie and um, she, she co-wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she co-directed it too. I'm not sure. But, um, but she's multi-talented. She is multi-talented. I kind of thought she was going to have more of a career like that because we saw mm-hmm. that movie and... Um, I really liked it a lot. That came out in like 2012 or 13, and I thought that was a really nice movie with mm-hmm. her and Andy Samberg. So if you haven't seen that movie, I think it's kind of sad because it's about like a divorced yeah. couple or a broken out couple or something like yeah. that. Um, but her career really took off after this. Um, you've got Aubrey Plaza. Her career really took off. I don't know what she's doing now, but she's been in a bunch of movies. She was in like The Little Hours and what's that oh, other that's one right. with Elizabeth Olsen? What was that? It's somebody's name... I don't know. What kind of movie was it? Remember she was like stalking this girl who was like- Oh, popular, oh like, uh, Ingrid Goes Instagram. West. Yes, Which Ingrid I think is also West. on Hulu. I didn't love a that A lot movie. of people liked it. We were not, not those people who fan, liked it. But you know what she is in. She's in, I would say this is one of my top five, maybe top three favorite movies is Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, that's a really good movie. She's in that with Jake Johnson and Mark Duplass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a really good I movie, I love guys. that movie. It's a, it's a unique kind of movie, but mm-hmm. I love it. And um, it's like it's our favorite genre of movie, which is like sort real, of sci-fi yeah. romance. Maybe there's time. Maybe traveling. there's time traveling sci-fi. Maybe there's Maybe like there's an not. alternate universe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just died at the end. I don't know. Yeah. They don't treat it like they died, but they disappeared. Yeah. Spoiler alert. There is a surprisingly large number of movies that fall into that category. There really are. Um, I would say that um. Uh, Jerry's character, um, he was in some kind of movie I saw on Kickstarter that there was a thing, but he didn't, his his acting career didn't like 
you know, blow up after this. Um, mm-hmm. But you've got Retta, uh, who plays mm-hmm. um, Donna. She's on that show Good Girls. Oh, that's right. That just yeah. got added to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, that's with uh, Mae Whitman pilot. and somebody else. Who else is in that? Christina oh, Hendricks from Mad Men. Oh, yes. I, I don't know how you forgot that. I You're remember. You're a big fan of Christina Huge. Big fan of okay. Christina Hendricks. Um, <laughs> anyway, that just got into Netflix, added to Netflix. We watched the pilot of that and maybe like one other episode. Yeah, um, maybe we'll do an episode. Yeah, maybe on we'll do an episode on that. You've also got Adam Scott. I would say that Adam Scott, because he comes in in the third season, mm-hmm. he, obviously he was like a child actor and stuff. Not a child actor, but he was in Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. And he was on Party Down, which is another fantastic show, which mm-hmm. I think he might be on Hulu. I don't know if it still is, but that's on Hulu. Yeah. Um, and his career, though, he really kind of got elevated to the, I'm a comedy guy, I'm in comedy things, yeah. I'm in the greatest TV show moment in history, which, if you've never oh, seen the greatest moment in television series. history on Adult <laughs> Swim, I liked it, Gia didn't like it, I but think it's, it's, okay. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, He's also in Big Little Lies. Oh, right, yeah, he's yeah. in Big Little Lies. I think that was really sort of a, let's take you somewhat seriously as an actor now kind yeah. of role. And um, he's on the show Ghosted, which I think is still on. No, I think that ended up getting canceled. They oh. were doing like sort of a soft reboot with it, but I think it got canceled. Oh. And that's with Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson from the, from the office. office. And um and then Rob Lowe, his career was already a thing. And he mm-hmm. already did comedies too. So but it was yeah. good to see him on there. I think that was really and great. And then obviously too. there's Aziz Ansari, who's probably been the most successful since Parks and Rec. Yeah, and he kind of was established before, but it was more of like a indie credibility kind of thing. And mm-hmm. this really put him over as like Hey, I'm a funny guy and master of none yep. and all the kinds of things he's done. We saw him do stand-up recently. Yeah, and it was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. I really love Aziz I'm sorry. Me too. We're going to be doing Master of None as a future show. Yeah. Is that all we have to say? Uh, you know what? I think that's all we had to say about Parks and Rec. So, hey, thanks for joining us here on this, our first official episode of You. Me. And TV. If you could, support our podcast the best way to do that you can follow us on you me and tv pod on twitter you me and tv podcast on instagram and you me and tv on facebook um those are the places to follow us that and then to oh on itunes if you want to subscribe and rate us give us one of those five star reviews say or something nice about it you listen to podcasts or wherever you listen mm-hmm. to podcasts because we're everywhere um mm-hmm. so give us those five star reviews you want to email us? It's yeah. youmeantvpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us what you'd like us to review next. Excellent. Yeah, you could. Now, yeah. we do have, and we'll post it um, up on our social media accounts, but we've got our our next episode is going to be Mad Men, which will Ooh. be on Thursday. Ooh. Thursday the 5th, 6th. So it's like two of my celebrity crushes in a row. It's Chris Pratt followed by John Hamm. Ooh. So excited. It's an exciting month. It's an exciting Here month at for UV Gia. And TV. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can get our full schedule on our social media. We'll post it on there. Um, but yeah, our next <laughs> show, um, this is Monday. Well, this right now when we're recording is like January, whatever, but this is March 4th, <laughs> Monday. And uh, our next episode will be up on Thursday. We're going to have new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And um, we're always going to be talking about first episodes of television shows. And um, but maybe with some special episodes thrown in here and there, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We're thinking about some of a Patreon or something like that. Uh-huh. We'll check it out. We don't <laughs> know yet. It's still early. We don't know. Yeah. And also, of course, we've got our pilot episode, um, which is Happy Endings, which is a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. but our pilot episode for the show Happy Endings is on there as well. So, um, check it out. Check it out. 
like, subscribe, follow us on social media. And do you got anything else to say, Gia? I would just like to wish everybody a happy new year. Well, you know what? This is Wait, not it's, airing it's until air. March. <laughs> so I know it's January 3rd or 4th right now. Uh, I don't know what day it is. I'm on vacation. Happy like happy a quarter March. of the way through Well, the my year. birthday's coming up. Happy Mike's birthday, hey, everybody. Hey, <laughs> guys, it's my birthday on Saturday. Enjoy yourself. Friday. I'm not sure. I don't know. I will enjoy it. What are we going to do for my birthday? I don't know. What do you want to do? A big party. Okay. Huge party. have a big party. Guys, I'm turning 33. The big 33. Are three, you three. asking me? I wasn't sure. I don't know. You know, I feel like a lot of times I, like, I lose count after a while. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. After you hit like 21, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really anymore. matter. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, so hey, um, this has been you, me, and CV, and we hope to see you guys on Thursday for our next episode. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>